Do you want me to open and you want to start with the first question? Sure. Okay. What's right. the first question? <laughs> <laughs> She'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, what did he say? That? Thing. <laughs> you know, the thing that we ought to do, the question that we ought to ask that we do not ask is the question that I do ask. All right. Okay, I'll start. Hey everyone, welcome back to Illuminate, a podcast series from Hope Fellowship Church where we share stories to inspire growth and encourage engagement in our community. I'm Hannah Bowen, the Worship Arts Coordinator here at Hope, and I'm co-hosted by Nathan Deer, our College and Connections Group Pastor. And today, we're tackling the topic of prayer. Now this week is our 24-7 week of prayer, and so we wanted to go ahead and, and start the conversation and look at why this is such an important spiritual discipline in our lives and what we can do to pursue it deeper. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Illuminate. We are so excited to be joined by Matthew Cogswell, Pastor Matt, Matty Ice, uh, the next generation pastor here at Hope Fellowship. Today, we're taking a break from talking about all of uh, these topics in politics and how our faith informs our politics uh, before November 3rd happens to talk about a really important topic, not just for this time, but every single season of life. Uh, and to also kind of promote what's coming up at Hope. We really want to take this time and be intentional about talking about prayer, what it is, how it affects us, what we use it for, what our goals of prayer are individually and corporately. And we just wanted to talk to Matthew as he's kind of been spearheading this whole idea of trying to create a culture of prayer here at Hope Fellowship. And, and he's been taking on that task and has been doing an awesome job of it. So we're excited to have him on today. Matthew, you want to say maybe one quick thing about yourself, just in case people don't know who you are? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be turning 35 in wow. December. December 19, I'm going to be turning 35, and the youth call me old man, and I don't like it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So it was that my daughter, she just turned four, um, and old wifey, she's going to be so I'm throwing that out there too Uh we'll make sure Hannah cuts that out I know right (laughs) (laughs) returning please (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's a little something that's amazing um this wasn't our planned first question uh but just popped into my head Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what has an overview of your journey with prayer looked like because um, I know from your story, you didn't grow up in church. That it is something you came to as a young man. Um, and so from the, the point of accepting Jesus and kind of diving into what does a relationship with God look like, how has prayer developed as a spiritual discipline throughout your life? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, as you say, like, I didn't grow up in, in church, and um, there's a lot of things that can be said with that, but um, when I did come to the Lord, I was 20 years old, and I was really uh, uh, led by my mom, who had recently just came to know the Lord, and she's, her story, her testimony is is incredible, um, where she's come from, the abuse that she's experienced in her life, and all that, like, but um, but she led, she led me to the Lord, um, and she also modeled to me a lot about what prayer looks like. She would often go into her bedroom, and could hear her you know praying and 
Um, you could tell it was just very much deep in relationship um, with, and, you know, she also talked about, you know, your heavenly father, your heavenly father, you know, I can't wait for you to know your heavenly father. And um, so I think that's where it started was really, truly just in the fact that it was this relationship that was, and, and that prayer was a um, an avenue to be able to connect, you know, to connect with my heavenly father, to connect with God. And so from that, what is a, a good definition of prayer that you've come away with? We hear that we should pray, um, but what is prayer in its simplest form? What I'd like to say is remove every box that you've had, you know, whatever box that you have for what prayer is, just throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had t- conversations with my, my wife about prayer in regards to like how she journals and she talks to God through journaling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's an aspect that I didn't really, uh, venture too much into, um, in my, you know, the beginning of my walk with Christ. And, um, I, unfortunately I really kind of poo pooed on that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it was like, you know, and it really hurt her. Um, you know, cause I was like, you're not really talking to God unless you're like talk, you know, you're not really praying unless you're talking out loud. And, um, and she really hurt her because that she really connected. She was really communicating with God through um, through journaling as she was writing. And so I've learned how important it is to understand that there is a lot of different ways to be able to communicate with the, with the Lord. Um, and, and and I guess that I guess the simplest definition I would say is that you are communicating with with God and communicating with your heavenly Father. And that's a two way street. You know, both speaking and listening. Where have you felt like? Just to keep going on, maybe talking about you just for a little bit longer, just because I am really interested in this. Where have you felt like you've struggled as far as it comes to discerning the voice of God? I mm. think that it's easier for us to talk to him, right? And I like how you said it's a two-way street, because I think I forget that all the times. So mm-hmm. It's just a time for me to vent to him, because he's a loving God and he wants to listen. And there's a truth to Absolutely, that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm supposed to then stop and sit and listen um, and just from your perspective, where have been those challenges of really sitting and listening and just mm-hmm. actively trying to pursue that voice of God and, and what even that is and what it looks like? Where have you seen his voice speak to you? How have you seen his voice speak to you? Um, and is it different for every person? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest challenge that I've noticed for me and for many people is when you are stopping to listen, you have a thousand thoughts going on through your mind. You have your, your flesh, which is your, your, your sinful carnal nature mm. that is crying out and telling, you, you know, keep moving, keep moving, keep doing. Um, there's more for you to do this, Baba. You have, you also have the voice of the enemy, um, telling you, you know, a lot of different thoughts. We don't, it, and, and so I think one of the biggest things that keep us from being still listening and, and hearing God and, and, in that pursuit because it's a journey. It really is a journey of it. Um, is we're scared to, we're scared to hear those thoughts. We're scared to Mm -hmm. hear and be, be with ourselves and, and, and we're scared. And and I understand that. And that's for, for me that that's been a journey of pressing through that, um, really pressing through that, knowing, taking the word of God, what I've known about his character and nature, knowing about what he desires for me and my relationship with him and allowing that to be forefront as I'm pressing through yeah. my own frustration, my own um, fidgeting. I talked about my students the other day. Go, do you do a fidget? And they're like, yeah, I fidget all the time. And I'm just like, well, when we're praying, man, it's going to go go against every part of your body that desires to fidget. 
you know, yeah. and, um, and there's a tendency that even my, my challenge is that like, you're not doing anything like or nothing's happening because you're mm-hmm. in, in, because you know, we're in a culture that says do, 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 do. And if you're not doing, then you, then that's your, your identity is in what you do and all that. And so being still before God requires faith. It requires, um, you know, it requires faith and, and requires, um, practice and, and yeah. uh, rhythm of it. So, um, so what I found is that a lot of times when I'm, in my rhythm of in the mornings being quiet before the Lord or getting away with, with him in different aspects that um, I really don't even necessarily hear his voice clearly at that point. It's afterwards. Hmm. Mm. It's later on in the day. That's good. Where I feel like I hear that whisper and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's that, it's that um, still small voice in your, in your heart. Um, and, uh, or it's, or it's somebody speaking to you, uh, or it's a sunset or something that just lights up because why? Because I've slowed down and I've allowed God to or allow myself to catch up with the Lord or slow down. Wow. I have so many thoughts um, <laughs> with that. Like, I feel like if there was a MRI of my brain, like it would just, everything would be lighting up. Um, one, I, I love that you talked about that learning to sit in the quiet and stillness with God is a journey um mm-hmm. and and with that idea of our prayer time looking different for all of us uh i know for me that's something i've been more consciously struggling with recently is um like i have trouble with a lot of intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. when there's quiet it's like yes. that's the time yes. <laughs> um right. and so it's such an old practice but those prayer walk gardens mm. where you're just moving yes. and your your eyes are able to take in nature and it's yeah. not distracting but t- to me it like helps me focus in or i just realized somehow like two weeks ago that like sitting and playing piano while praying i can just zone out Shoot, yeah. like because so i do that all the time yeah. like it's but it's therapeutic for me at this point um but finding the thing that, that brings me joy and brings me to a place of peace mm-hmm. as a way yeah. to learn how to navigate into that quiet time, I think is so special um, and so underrated that, uh, you know, it's baby steps. It's, you know, learning what's going to get us a little bit Absolutely, closer yeah. to that goal instead of wanting to be that person who can cross their legs and zone out for three mm-hmm. hours <laughs> um, yeah. like a pro and um, it's finding those, those little steps for what works for you and not Absolutely. holding yeah. yourself to the standard yes. of someone else's way of being. Yes. Throwing out the, throwing out that box, whatever that's keeping mm-hmm. you from. I, I think both what you guys just said, especially what you just said about this whole idea of like a prayer walk and going out the garden. I think for me, and I know we've had this conversation, I think it brings up this whole idea of restoration versus relief. Um, mm. I've been reading a book by John Eldridge that Hannah gave me called Get Your Life Back. Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. Mm. Incredible dude. Mm. Incredible author. Just really nice just to read his writings. But he talks a lot about this idea of restoration versus relief. And I just started, he didn't really touch on this idea of prayer. But I think oftentimes we try to use prayer as this like relief from everything of like, God, I need you to relieve these things from me. When in reality, I think it's more of a restoration. Relief takes you away from all of the craziness of life. But restoration, I feel like, takes all the craziness of life and starts to build off of that and restore you back to this idea of God. And I feel like on those times when I've been 
the most troubled, the most anxious, the most depressed. I've just gotten out of the house, gone for a walk, even just closed my eyes standing there, probably looking like a crazy person, but listening to birds chirping, squirrels fighting, acorns <laughs> dropping like bombs everywhere, right? Like all of these things, but it's just so beautiful to be in nature and to then start to really feel restored, not relieved, because I am alone with my thoughts, but I'm processing through all of those things in the presence of the Spirit. Yep. We're still in the presence of God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to hear His voice right then and there. Because I, I think that's something that I struggle with the most too, is, man, God, speak to me right now. Like, here's the time that I'm spending in the Word, here's the time I'm praying, and this is the time that I've allotted for you in my day, so this is when you have to speak to me. Um, so that I can even get throughout my day. Like, yep. God, I want to be prepared for this day, so speak to me right now. Give me some words of encouragement, advice. And then all of a sudden my day starts, and I haven't heard His voice, it feels like. And then all of a sudden, like what you said, in the middle of the day, it's just like a still small voice that kind of just is like right there. <laughs> what you were learning about this morning, right there. What what you were reflecting on this morning, right there. And like that whole process, I feel like, is so important. And it is so hard to truly do it well every single day. Our next question that we really wanted to cover in this broad sense of what prayer is, why do we pray in the midst of God's sovereignty? In the midst of, man, we're praying, we pray over this election, we pray for our country, for instance. But we, God knows what's going to happen to our country every single second of every single day. So what is the point of even praying for things like that? Breaking down what sovereignty means. Yeah. What is what is sovereignty? Because we talk about it a lot. What is sovereignty? And you break down the word sov, sovereign, sovereign means all. means like the whole. And reign means like the authority, right? Like all right. authority. So, so we're talking about a God who has all. All authority, all authority and power. Hmm. And what happens is I think <clears throat> we we hear that word and we think, sovereign, yeah, God is sovereign, which means what's going to happen is going to happen. Since he's already got it laid out, it's going to happen. Instead of thinking we have access through the blood of Christ to come boldly into the throne of grace to present our prayers and requests and to meet with the God who has all authority and mm. power. Like there's a difference there. Like it's more of one is saying, well, God's got it worked out and we're just going to keep going on the ways. Another is we have access to the one who actually has the power to change yeah. and shift events and hearts and minds and so, and he's beckoning us. And that's the other thing. God, he calls us to. Yeah. Um, he's asked us to. He wants us to. Yeah. Um, he wants us to pray. He wants us. And because what it does is it, 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 it forces us to realize we are not in control. He is the Lord. He has the power. Yeah. I am limited. I am limited. He is a source of all power and authority. And so, and so, Yeah. Everything flows through his hands because he is he is God, he's sovereign, all throne. And yet you still see through all throughout scripture, time and time again, where he's he's asking his his children to to take him at his word, yeah. right? And that's what this whole week coming up is I'm super excited about that God is wanting us to take him at his word yeah. and, and and to to really wrestle with that and to apply that in our lives. So it's less of Everything's going to happen as it is, and so we'll just we're just going to trust God and more of 
knowing who he, God is, his character and nature, knowing his desire for us and, and his word, how he desires us to come to him and to continue to to um, depend on his and his strength um, and his his power. I also got um, this one quote real quick that uh, I think really applies to that. You brought up Elijah too, um, kind of brought it. Is this, this quote um, so, so good? And I think can relate to many of us right now. It starts off this chapter is, is, is entitled, Where are the Elijahs of God? And it starts off saying, To the question, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? We answer, Where he has always been, on the throne. But where are the Elijahs of God? We know Elijah was a man of like passions as we are, but alas, we are not men of like prayer as he was. One praying man stands as a majority with God. Today, God is bypassing men not because they are too ignorant, but because they are too self-sufficient. Brethren, our abilities are our handicaps and our talents our stumbling blocks. Mm. So... <laughs> there's a lot that can be said there, but it's many people right now are saying, where is God in all that's happening right here? Yeah. Where is God? Where is he? And what this quote elicits is where, where are his children? They're going to take him at his word and begin to pray. One of the biggest hindrances to us in our prayer life is because we're too self-sufficient. Yeah, We've got this. You know, we are, we got, we're really smart. We've got brilliant people. We're, we're enlightened people. We've got so many different resources. We've got so many different things in our hands. And so the reality is we don't really depend on them, mm. you know? And, uh, I know for me, I just want to continue to, to remind myself, no matter whatever giftings and talents I may have research, like ultimately, um, I am limited and and that is okay because it brings me to to cry out to him. Yeah. Already we've covered so many different areas of prayer and the importance of prayer that hopefully is challenging and I know just reminds me of how this is something to pursue not to just passively mm. <laughs> let slip by. Um but as um we and the people listening are maybe kind of considering their own personal prayer goals of of ways they want to see their relationship with God grow deeper, uh, moving from the theological to the practical. Mm. What are some different types of prayers, ways to pray, and uh, tools to help make that a habit more than just a, a pre-meal mm. obligation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think one, uh, there's several things. One, um, when Jesus tells us to pray, um, and he's talking to, uh, I think it's in the, I think it's in the gospel of Matthew in the sermon on the Mount or whatever, but he says, you know, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, um, and pray to your heavenly father, um, in secret, um, uh, and the God, you know, who, who hears you is going to re reward you. And so there's something about wherever it is, how you set it up, like developing rhythm where, you are alone with God. Like you truly are cultivating that space to your secret place, whether you're alone. Um, I think that's, I think that's huge cultivating even a, a um, you know, a, a set time to meet with him, not to say that you can't pray 
for any other time out there day, but I think there's something about establishing a time that you are just a rhythm where you are saying this is where I'm going to meet with with God and I think that's I think it's helpful to develop a deep relationship that will cultivate throughout the rest of the day but um first Thessalonians um says you know um pray without ceasing pray in all circumstances so literally like you know whether it's in your heart or aloud and your breath and your 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 job and your coffee breaks whatever it is um that you're taking it you're constantly these little prayers that you're submitting to him and you can t- constantly keeping that that before him and so where it's so it's less about i have to do something and it's more of i get to commune with with god um really we complicate it a lot of times we complicate prayer you know even the bottom line of just knowing that that God loves you, like ultimately loves you and truly does want to hear from you, like that is going to affect your prayer life, right? Mm-hmm. If I think that whenever I speak a prayer or lift up my prayer that it's not being heard or that he's doesn't genuinely care about the smallest or the greatest, that's going to affect you know prayer life. So um, cultivating a, a place, a space um, that is your, your meeting place with the Lord, your secret place has been critical for me in my my walk mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say i think that's good i i think that's something that i don't do that i think i could already see the i can i can see the potential for what that would do of protecting a space mm-hmm. almost of saying like when, and then even when i go past that space i think I, I remember you talking about maybe in a previous podcast even of having a chair it's a psychological mm-hmm. idea that mm-hmm. like you don't uh eat in your bedroom you don't mm-hmm. work um where you would do something else like mm-hmm. that physical spaces have psychological connotations Mm. and so when i see my happy little chair with my lamp and my bible sits like right Mm. next to my chair Mm. it i'm like oh i should sit there Mm. and do my bible study Mm. and it's like become a a nice place to be and i look forward to it versus being on the couch like slumped over on Mm -hmm. my phone reading my bible that (laughs) way like it's just (laughs) a different environment yeah yeah i think um I think I just need to do, I think that both of you, and I think also having that ability to see something that's working for others and at least just try it out. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think one thing that you've just kind of been showing just in saying that there are so many different ways to pray is that it's yeah. going to be something different for every single person mm-hmm. based on how they feel like they can interact with, with God. But I feel like it doesn't mean that you just discount something before ever trying it, Yeah, you know? And so just because I've never tried what you guys do doesn't mean that I shouldn't just dismiss it as, you know, well, I'm just not going to do it because what I, what I do now kind of works. Right. But it's like, man, if you're not even just supposed to have one way, like you don't just pray in that one space and that's it. Right. Right. No, it's like, no, you've taken all of these different ideas that you've come encounter with, that you've experienced, that you've tried out. And then you're just kind of formulating it into this overall idea of how you, Matthew pray. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we do for the rest of our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Because relationships change over our lifetime the way we talk to people changes over a lifetime and that's no different with god our our relationship is going to change with him it's going to grow deeper and stronger and the way we talk to him the more we know him the easier it is is going to be to talk to him the more we can just not access him because we're always but the more we can just recognize his presence right there because over the years we've just become so in tune of i'm walking in there's sunlight hitting me on the back of my neck and that might not be god hitting me on the back of my neck but man that reminds me of god's goodness mm-hmm. and grace and mercy in my life and i think that's something that comes like through all of these different things i mean 
like you you were you were even just saying like there's no way to say all the ways to pray. <laughs> right. But I think that shows us it should encourage us and convict us to say, okay, what am I doing right now and how can I build mm-hmm. on what I have that's working? And sometimes that just means trying it out. And if it's just super awkward for 45 yep. minutes, well, then you had an awkward experience for 45 minutes and you can maybe dismiss that one and maybe come back to it later in a different season of life even. Mm-hmm. But you're, um, so, you're so right there. Just real quick with that. Like I feel like you know I've brought this up with the students and they'll tell me like I've got brothers that wake up and they're like super loud and I can't find a place, you know, or they're, or maybe their their apartment's smaller, you know, and – there's just, you know, there's so many different things that come into play where, you know, it, it what may work for you may may not work for somebody else and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's it's really it's really about your your heart as you are truly um, pursuing wanting to cultivate and develop that, you know, that relationship. We're talking about all these different ways to pray um and I feel like all these have so far included just individual ways that we personally can pray. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think I, I want to learn more on still is just this idea of corporate prayer yes. of us being here on a Sunday morning praying or even us all praying like what we have coming up with 24 seven prayer, which if you haven't signed up, sign up for now. Um, you can go to our website. You can find uh, where to sign up there. It's, I think it's right on our front page, the first page. Okay, so easy enough. Hopeandanderson.com slash prayer. Super easy to sign um, up. Super easy to sign up. And it's just – so things like that even where we're all praying at similar times for one collective thing or in one space as one collective people praying. Yeah. What What is the power in doing that? Sure. What's the purpose of doing that in a yeah. corporate sense um, and the importance of all of that? Mm. I don't know one. Like there is – there's just something powerful about a unity in mm. the body of Christ. Um you know, we see it all throughout the gospel. Jesus said, you know, two or more are gathered together, you know, my name, you know, there'll be in the midst. There's this, there's this agreement, there's this unity that, um, is so, so powerful. And so when the, when the people of God come together with that focus to humble ourselves, it's exponentially, I think it just, it, it it begins to bring about a, a dynamic that, um, is, is more powerful than we could ever imagine. Um, and so, so I see that. I also see, um, in the book of Acts when, uh, God has asked the disciples to, to go into Jerusalem and to, and to wait for him and wait for the gift, the Holy spirit that he promised. And so you see, um, disciples up in the upper room coming together. It says that they were just there praying. They're seeking the Lord and, uh, together. And what happens and the, the Holy spirit, um, is poured out. Uh, as the you know promise of of Joel, uh, the prophet Joel, and uh, and Pentecost happens, and uh, and it's incredible. So yeah, so I just think that there's just something so powerful when there's unity in the body of Christ, and there's agreement, and we're we're feeding off one another. Yeah, I feel like that's something we don't necessarily um, teach is what to do in a church service when someone is praying. I know when I was growing up, we would have a time of prayer and then the pastor would pause for you to just silently pray in the room with everyone around you Mm -hmm. um, and then continue on with the prayer. Um, But just the, the power of when someone is praying, you're not just listening to their prayer. They are leading the thoughts and attention of everyone in that room to be praying for the same thing. 
Like, that it isn't just for them to have their time to have, like, a mini sermon, but it's to God and your yes. eyes are closed. Yes, um, But yeah. it's so that, like, this conversation, when, when you say something good, we're both sitting over here like, mm, like, <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> and and mm. that's what that time of prayer is. It's, yes. it's to listen to those words, but then to also be agreeing with that yes. and, and letting that settle into your heart and letting your heart desire those same things um, in your prayer to God. Um so good. That's one of my pet peeves. I don't. I, I hate it. Turn you know the prayer turning into this just this thing where oh let them do the professional prayers. I'm just sitting there listening and mm. and that's why a lot of people don't like to pray out loud because they they feel like they're being critiqued and they're being you know yeah. when it's really when when we're praying everybody should be in in praying along as well. If you go to different cultures, you know, the Asian culture, Chinese, you know, Korean, and those. You'll if you if you go to the the churches there, they. If you have ADD, you're going to struggle big time because they all pray out loud at the same time. Yeah. It's not one person; they're all praying aloud at the same time, and uh, and so um, yeah, I, I I think you're so spot on, Hannah, with that. Like whenever somebody else is praying, I I, I try to make it a point for myself to be trying to you know agree and and being you know um, in response to realizing that we're we're we're, we're talking to God. We're not talking to one another. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, focusing in on this last thing, we mentioned the 24 seven week of prayer that's coming up. Would you mind taking just a sec to explain what that is and what our goal for this coming week is as a church body? Yeah. I mean, I just think back to where pastor Mark shared with us in staff meeting, um, his burden on his heart to, um, to dedicate a week for us all together as the church to um, be unified in prayer as we um, head up to the November election. Um, not so much about praying for the the right president and praying for it, you know, even though we are called to pray for our, our leaders, absolutely, but more so that we would be praying um, in unison, that we would be um, uh, living out this mission of, of becoming belonging through loving God, loving others and making disciples within a culture that is um, extremely polarized and, um, and full of fear. And in Genesis chapter 32, it's this idea that when you're backed into a corner, when you're feeling helpless, when you're feeling like there's that, that with everything that's going on, that there's no way that you have any sort of ability to affect change in a positive way for the kingdom of God, the first thing we should do is begin to pray, um, is begin to go to the sovereign Lord who has full reign, full authority, um, and, uh, and, and to humble ourselves to do that. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what it's about. We're, we're, we're really coming together, being unified, um, in that. And, and it's for those right now who have many of us, we're just, we're feeling like we're backed into a metaphorical, metaphorical, um, corner, um, and feeling helpless and and now's the time to, to say no we are we are children of god we are we're empowered through through christ and uh and it's time for us to 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 pray um and then from that from that god is going to equip us and guide us to also put our feet and our hands and our words into action as um follow, you know following what as he as we humble ourselves before him so as we close out, just want to focus on a couple next steps we can take because we don't want this conversation to just stay a nice uh, little bit of entertainment for your week, but to be 
a catalyst for change in your life and your walk with God. I know for me, uh, it took me hearing the phrase, uh, pray without ceasing, uh, so many times and, and realizing I didn't know what that meant and I didn't know how to apply that to my life. And I just took a month and studied resources on mm. how people achieve that and, and learned just by asking questions. Um, and so I hope those of you listening, you know, go back and listen to this again, pursue other resources to answer um, those questions, to see what needs to change in your uh, prayer journey, not just for yourself, but reach out to those around you, whether you can be an encouragement to someone or you can ask about their prayer life and learn from what they're doing like we're we're a model for this yes. conversation right now do do what we're doing yes. right now and and learn from each other what are some other next steps people can take so number one i just want you to know this there's this freedom in christ there's there's freedom know that um um that your heavenly father loves you and he wants you to to continue to seek him um uh i agree with you hannah just even just taking that that scripture and begin to study that begin to look up different resources there's a website called emotionally healthy disciples.com um which is uh, a guy named pete scazzaro really great resource has been uh an encouragement to me he has different uh guidance in that that can kind of walk you through that and then start small <laughs> like don't think you're you gotta you know just jump out there and you're going to be praying for, you know, <laughs> these long three hour prayer services and you know, just no, don't, don't get discouraged. The enemy, the enemy would not, would love nothing more to do than to get you discouraged um, and continue comparing yourself to other people. Start small, uh, find your secret place, cultivate that, that secret place to be alone with, with, with the Lord. And then, and then uh, explore, explore different ways of, of, of prayer, prayer journaling, um, being still, silence and solitude, um, praying aloud if you, if you haven't really prayed um, out loud and, can, and can going, walk, going for a walk outside um, and, and talking um, with, with the Lord. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are um, you know, just some, some small practical steps. But, again, uh, start small and, and, and don't get discouraged. This is... Uh, this freedom in your relationship with the Lord. And one other thing we want to extend to y'all right now and just encourage you guys to do is to take this time right now, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, we want to encourage you to take a moment um, and to seek the Lord. I want to read uh, Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 11 through a couple verses just to close out. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I think this is a beautiful thing for us just to rest in in this moment, uh, to get away from all the craziness. We just encourage you right now with everything that you've heard just to find times every single day to be still, to rest in the first 15 minutes of awkwardness before you really feel like you're getting into it, um, and just trust that when you're seeking him, when you're taking those intentional moments out of your day, or when we're encouraging you right now to take an intentional moment out of whatever you're doing and to seek him, that he will be found, that his presence will be there with you. And so we just want to encourage you that right now, and even after you click off of this podcast, to do that right now, as well as just find times every single 
day. If you need to talk about this more with us, if you want to have any conversations with any of us, just email any of us. It's just our first name at hopeandanderson.com. Um, so Matthew, Hannah, or Nathan, and we'll just respond to you and, and we would love to talk to you more about this. So in the spirit of this conversation, we're going to end things a little differently today and let the music play out for five minutes here. And we encourage you to take this five minutes in the quiet uh, and pray, turn your attention and, and maybe you keep praying um, for another hour afterwards, or maybe this is just a baby step for you to take this time and talk to your heavenly father.